0: welcome everybody episode zero of the state of hoop podcast uh i'm your host dan libert co-host michael clemens yes sir
1: we in this thing man first inaugural episode welcome everybody listeners from everywhere let's get after it my boy let's
0: get after it so you know first we want to introduce ourselves to our our listeners uh am you know we're both american hoopers who have taken the unconventional or the you know the harder route to accomplish our dreams but we're still grinding and we're still up to big things uh me personally I uh I ended up in Canada last minute I got recruited to the University of Lethbridge um because of my shooting uh held still hold Arizona State shooting records from high school and Bounced around a little bit in Canada myself. Uh, started off at the University of Lethbridge, then went to Lethbridge College, did my thing there for a couple of years, and now I'm hooping at Trinity Western University. And I'm just trying to shed a little light on not only my journey, but you know, journeys similar to mine, journeys not similar to mine, and just help okay. grow the knowledge and help people get to where they want to be, whether it's the The conventional route or the unconventional route? There's so many ways to get there. So we, I'm just trying to shed light on that and help educate and teach people as much as we can.
1: Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, I'm Michael Clemens. I graduated high school in 2013. Um, right after that, I got a scholarship to play here in Alberta at Grand Prairie for three years. And then I played my fourth and fifth season here at Lethbridge College where I met Dan. So my last season was what, uh, 18, 19? Then I I graduated from that program. I'm on to my Kniece degree at the university out here. And uh, now I'm the assistant coach at the college. The main thing I want to do with this podcast is just help ourselves grow, but also kind of spread and give that knowledge to other hoopers, right? Whether it's through motivation or, you know, you provide some type of process that people are unaware of, and then they can pick and choose what they want to learn and help them grow in their own way. So I think this is going to be a start of something big. And I think, I think it's good for not only us to learn about other people, it's, you know, dig into people's backgrounds, but people, a platform where people can come and express themselves and we can talk who.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think it's also important to note uh, caveat to our partnership is that Mike is a kinesiology major. And so he, he's very well educated on the body and how that works and relating that to basketball. And I'm a psychology major. And we, we know that the mind is just as important as the body possibly more important when it comes to performing your best. So I think that's also a good, good give and take that we have to help spread the knowledge with that. Absolutely. Um, I think it's even, it's even great because we're two American
1: guards with two different you know backgrounds, but we're both here in Canada. So the people that we're reaching here in Canada, I feel like this is very good for them, right? And then when we, we reach out to people that we looked up to or that, we're surrounded by now we can
0: extract some information that we maybe didn't know they had it can help us grow right exactly exactly so you know let's get right into it um first uh we're going to talk about our biggest adjustments to our off-season training especially during COVID-19 uh I'll go first uh it's been tough I'm not gonna lie uh things first got shut down at Trinity Western uh Right around March, uh, they shut everything down completely. They first said they were only going to allow sports teams to use the athletic facilities, and then that happened for, like, a day. And they said, you know what, no, we're going to shut everything down. So that was a tough adjustment to, from going to weights and gym access whenever I wanted to no access at all. But uh, I think the biggest thing, you know, at first I uh, I feel like – we all kind of hit a bit of a lazy slump at first uh, where it was like, okay, I have all this reason. I don't know what to do with it. And it took maybe a couple of weeks for me to just really realize like, you know, it's being really beat, uh, you know, forced down our throats or kind of told to us by the media, this is the time to get better. So what are you going to do with it? But also it's not even that you need to realize if I'm being lazy now, how lazy are other people being, or how productive are other people being in comparison? So it really hit me. Um, I came out to Alberta to stay with my girlfriend and I'm I'm blessed right now that uh, they have a a home gym here that I'm able to hit the weights pretty hard at and I have a space where I'm able to do ball handling. And I think the thing, not only to do mindless work has been important for me, but just to, you know, take advantage of the free access to knowledge that we have with the internet, you know? Uh, We have so many resources available to us. We don't need a trainer or a a weight trainer constantly telling us how to dribble, what drills to do just to feel productive. I feel like we have so many resources that are new right now. So many trainers like Devin the lab, and guys like that coming out with stuff that we can do in quarantine. (coughs) Stuff before that, that's still very accessible to do in your house. And I think you can find some kind of access to knowledge to help you maximize your time inside and also looking for that knowledge is, is helping you grow no matter what. There's always different ways, different perspectives to do things and, you know, better ways to get things done. So I just think, you know, it's been tough, but I feel like it's been a lot of growth. I've developed a lot of new positive habits um, and I haven't, it's been tough for me to shoot, to play basketball outside just because the weather out here in Canada, especially in Alberta, it's really windy. Yeah. It's really windy and it's tough to get your shots up, especially me as a shooter. But, you know, I'm still doing what I can, doing my form shooting, my due diligence, watching film, analyzing film, finding new ways to analyze film, uh, you know, watching focused film on guys that I can compare my game to and just trying to stay mentally in it. Because the thing is, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of careers that are ruined on the, on the other side of this. So that's just been my take on this. Yeah, I think
1: I think you hit it on the head, man. I think it's so it's so tough because we've never we've never been in mandatory lockdown where you just couldn't leave the hell couldn't leave the house without risking your safety. Like it's very, it's very, it's very crazy times. But for me personally, like, you know, I didn't hoop the season, I was just the assistant coach. But we went into lockdown towards the end of March, about three weeks after the season. And now with my free time, now that I'm not coaching every day, I'm trying to get back in the lab and then quarantine hit. So it's like I can't get shots up or nothing like that. So I decided to start trying to focus on my training, um, doing different, you know, body weight stuff, doing stuff on like in the field, like agility and plyo, just trying to teach myself how to be a better athlete and try to build myself from the ground up. You know, I'm spending my quarantine doing that. So when I come on the other side, I can help other people. So I'm just treating myself as kind of like the first subject, which is the reason I joined Kinesia. And basketball-wise, same thing, bro. I'm trying to go back to the drawing board. I felt like. I played an integral role in that first round lost against Nate. My game plan was good, but when they attacked us, I don't think um, we adjusted properly. And I blame that on me too, because my film could have been better. So I'm going back to the drawing board, bro. So I'm, sp- I'm really trying to spend this time building my habits from the ground up, like you said, kind to set a routine and make sure I get things I need to get done every day, right? I think at the beginning of quarantine, it's kind of like, man, I know I have this free time. So it's kind of like, I know I want to go get shots up. Or I know I want to work out, but you don't set a time. So you just don't do it. You fall, you know, messing around the house, eating all day, you know, watching movies and so, so it just kind of gets lost and shuffled. But like you said, I think this time is definitely going to either make or break careers. Like I see so many people not do, I'm not going to say not doing anything because everybody doesn't post, but I know people for sure are not taking advantage. Of yeah. what they could, and like you said, bro, there's so many resources out there. Like me, I'm one who never had a trainer, so like, this is nothing to me. Like, there's so much information, but I think a lot of guys honestly just don't know where to look or how to apply the information that they're getting. Right, just so much other information that distracts you from that. So yeah. that's that's kind of my take on the whole COVID situation and the hoop scene right now.
0: Yeah, I just, I just think it's been, uh, you know you said like, it's, it's easy to think, Oh, I have all this free time. I can work out whenever I want. But then you start on that free time with watching Netflix, playing video games. I know me, I'm a bit of a gamer. And it's just time eats away when you're doing nothing. Like if you're doing nothing and it, and the thing is, once I started being productive, I found myself being able to be done everything I need to do and still have so much free time to do what I want. But Mm -hmm. having that set schedule has been so helpful. And I just think, like, I'm I'm still even trying to grow that. You know, I'm I'm really trying to strengthen my mind and be ready for whatever paths I have to take or uh, stumps on the road that I keep hitting. And I'm just reading a lot of books. Uh, yes. You know, you got to expand your knowledge. You can't just expect the work to come to you. Like, as as we said, like you know, you have to go search out the best ways. You have to be innovative, I feel like mm-hmm. right now. I feel like this is testing a lot of people's innovative – or their uh, resourcefulness and I feel like those are both big whether you want to be an athlete whether you want to do whatever afterwards you still have to be able to you know if someone tells you you got to do this but you don't have you don't feel like you have all the resources to do it you need to find ways to make it work so
1: mm-hmm. I think yeah I think you have to learn to be efficient no matter the circumstance like you have to you have to understand how to get what you need to get done no matter what is happening around the world. Like you could be going to school or have a job, but if you're chasing, let's say the hoop dream, quote unquote, you still got to get your work in and you have to plan around that. And if you can't do that without having no actual responsibilities, then when shit goes back to normal, it's going to be so much harder for you to actually build. You're going to be, you're going to be behind the guys that work and it's going to put you further and further back. So.
0: Exactly. I feel you, bro. All right, so let's next talk about uh, the Last Dance documentary. Uh, it, it's been a big topic of conversation for Hoopers all over the world, especially, you know. Thank you, ESPN, for releasing that early for us during these tough times. Um, so, Mike, let's let's start with you. What's your biggest takeaway from the Last Dance, bro?
1: There's a few. My first takeaway is that you know I'm I'm only 25, so. I didn't, I didn't grow up understanding what Jordan really meant to the game. Like, obviously, I'm a basketball historian, and I know his numbers. I've seen, you know, the old clips, and I've watched videos, and I've heard stories. But to get an inside look, I think it was great for all the generations like me and even younger to actually get, a, a like, an understanding of who and what he means to the game. I think they said before the Jordan era, basketball was only in 88 countries, and after it was, like, in 215. So, like, when people want to compare LeBron and Jordan, I look at it, obviously, LeBron's stats are crazy, but I look at it from, like, for the game of basketball, LeBron's done some things, but Jordan took it to a whole new level. He he took it to a whole – he was literally a, a rock star, right? That's one thing. And then the next thing I, I took away is, like, I don't think nobody ever really talks about that competition in the 90s. Like, they they briefed to talk about it, and then it gets swept under the rug, and then people want to look at the game now and then compare it to then. It's two separate games, so they don't appreciate that. But, man, when you look at this documentary, you understand. Not only did he, you know, not destroy Hall of Fame careers, but prevent Hall of Famers from winning, but he was playing against great teams. Like, the East was deep back then. It wasn't like when LeBron played in the East. And I don't mean to compare him because I think they're both great. But, like, LeBron, there's two teams that you know are going to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. Back then, you had the Knicks. You had the Pacers. Cleveland early on. Detroit. Like, he had teams he had to go to battle against. Right? And then I think mm-hmm. the last thing I'll touch on is his teammates. I didn't know. I knew Rodman was good, but I didn't know he was that good. Yeah. Right? I didn't know Tony Kuglis was that good. You know what I'm saying? And then I, Phil. Pippen was that good. <laughs> no, I, knew, I, knew, I knew Pippen was that good. My brother's favorite player was Pippen. So I kind of had an idea. But even just Phil, like, bro, Phil had to manage everything. The coach told him before that season, 82-0 don't matter. We're getting a new coach and you got the best player in the world. Scotty's underpaid, you're dealing with Dennis Rodman, Jerry, I'm just like, that's crazy that Phil just kind of managed all of it and and got what he got out of that team. He, granted he had the greatest player, but
0: still. So those are my biggest takeaways. What about you? Shoot, for me, my biggest, like that was just confirmation that Jordan could go. And like, and it's, I think Kobe, it, it was that said, uh, that we got to stop trying to compare and just appreciate all him, Michael and LeBron for who they are and the greatness that they've brought to the game individually. But man, this man, Michael was on some different stuff. He different. So many hall of famers he stopped. And like, as I said, LeBron and Kobe, they did their thing in their time too. But I just think to go to the finals undefeated in the finals, like, the growing pain that he went through, you know, I feel like it's easy to to judge now and be like, oh, man, he was a bit of a ball hog, this and that. But he, he came in and changed the leagues, too, like the league. I mean, he came in and made the league guard-based because he came in. They didn't take him number one or two because it was a big man's league. And he came in and said, no, 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 no. This league is going to run around me now. <laughs> and I just thought that was crazy. I mean, we can also – appreciate Steph Curry's readiness for how he's changed the game but I don't know it just really cemented to me the fact that all this stuff he was dealing with on and off the court all, all the fame he had constant spotlight and I'm not saying that LeBron or Kobe or Steph or whoever you want to put in that GOAT conversation hasn't dealt with similar things but with the amount of attention that started what that the NBA and Michael Jordan had when he started his career to where it ended, how exponentially it grew. Like, I feel like LeBron was always in, in the limelight. Yes. I feel like his, his growth, his, uh, his struggles and his, his successes have been always been under the microscope and not that Michael's weren't, but it wasn't on such a global scale. Like mm-hmm. Michael wasn't the chosen one at, right out of high school. And so, I just think the way he dealt with that, the way he grew from uh, from fighting against the Pistons, it was just, this man is the greatest of all time. <laughs> he is the greatest basketball player of all time. Like, on any starting five of all time, you're always going to have Michael Jordan at the two or the three, <laughs> and that's no question. And if you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Facts. So.
1: Facts. So could you point out to maybe like one or two favorite moments not you know what i mean ones that really like man that was that was that was that was dope
0: yeah 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 uh my 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 favorite thing man i'm i've been with my basketball path i think leadership's been a big thing from either coaches or players and i think episode it was 7 or 8 where they were talking about michael's leadership i think And when they were comparing the leadership from him and Scotty, how Scotty was kind of the guy that – I wouldn't say soft, but he was kind of, you know, giving guys pats on the back and Michael was expecting greatness from everyone. And if not, he was cussing them out, this and that. I think just it's tough to appreciate Michael's leadership, man. Like, because obviously not everyone loved him. But he – when he said that he he never asked them to do anything he didn't do. Like, as coaches, as players – How are you going to show – how as a coach are you going to demand that players come in ready to work during, like, for a season or, like, prepped and work all offseason to earn a spot when as a coach you're not going to prepare new things, new strategies? You're not going to try and expand your game, your skills as a coach to better serve your team. As as any kind of leader, you can't expect things to be given to you or just to – everyone work for you because you're finally at that leader spot. I feel like Michael really uh, embodied the chase for perfection. He he was never satisfied, never, ever satisfied. And I think that mama mentality that we learned so well from Kobe, we can thank Michael for that. And so I think that and that episode five intro where they're talking about that that Kobe comparison, man – with everything that happened with Kobe recently, I think, I think that was, that's probably my top two moments. What about you?
1: I don't know if I can... Moments... I don't know about a moment, but I'll give you one of my favorite takeaways. Just men- the mental toughness of Michael as a competitor, man. Like, this dude, two three-peats, like, I know you're playing 100 games a year, bro. When you get to that... That fourth round, which is the championship, like for him to just be able to, to shine the brightest during that those moments, like he's great. Never go to game seven, bro. Never go to game seven. Make every clutch play. And I'm obviously people hit shots, but it's like his leadership, like in, in game six against the Jazz in the second three P. Like, bro, Scotty's back is messed up. Mike's on fumes, and he just he guts it out, bro, in Utah. In Utah, to avoid a game seven, I was just like, bro, like, you just don't see that now. And then the other one is it's probably just, bro, my appreciation for Phil as a coach. Like, bro, you see some of the stuff they were doing, like, he's got to deal with Dennis. But then they come <laughs> the next day doing yoga sessions and breathing sessions. And they showed a clip one time that they went in the locker room. Not think the locker room. On the board, like, the, the figures were complicated. I was like damn, bro. It was like some stuff that I was looking at and I was like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So, it just makes me realize like, the game back then, I feel like there was a lot more strategy and a lot more things you had to do to win. Like, now it's like you acquire talent and win. Obviously coaching is important, but I think coaching back then was a hundred times harder. Yeah. Oh, yeah right? The three-point line wasn't really an equalizer, so I look at it from that
0: standpoint. So... No, for sure. For sure, bro. Ah... Uh. <sighs> What else we got here? Uh, what do we think about the effects of COVID nineteen on on basketball this summer? Uh, you go first, bro.
1: Man, we've never seen anything like this. And at least back home, I know they're opening gyms and stuff back up. But I know people are still going to be hesitant. Um, what does it mean for like AAU ball? What yeah. does it mean? For, what does it mean for recruiting, bro? Like. You know, people are limited to travel. If you didn't recruit before this, there really is no recruiting now. I mean, at least it cuts out a whole new process. Like the draft workouts are not in person no more. It just adds a whole new level of, it adds a whole new hurdle to what's going on. Like when you can't see somebody visually play, it kind of takes away that certain um, sense, right? Like you can watch the video all you want, but there's something about watching somebody in person that gives you some more clear understanding of what they really are and who they really are. And then for training, man, I just – there's just so much uncertainty right now. That's why I think it's so important to have, like, going back to the routine so you make sure you get what you need to get done, done, right? Because everything's so uncertain, so you can't say, well, I'm going to go – when this opens back up, I'm going to go here. You can't do that because we don't – shit might not open back up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think – I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a crazy time for basketball players. So I think some of these guys that are, are mentally maybe not there yet, I think they're going to get chewed up. And I think the, the French players are going to struggle next season. They're going to struggle. The guys that don't love hoop are going to struggle next season. I'm yeah.
0: telling you. So that, that's just not my take on Not basketball, not basketball players. Yes, no, facts. Yeah. Facts. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the biggest thing has been, as I said, like guys that are usually being babied, like even if they are being babied right now, there's, no, there's nothing forcing anyone to do anything yeah you know, like so you're right like i think as i said careers are going to be made or broken by this you know the guys that have been working whether it's been on no shooting and just ball handling and weights it, it's it's going to show the growth is going to show because that's going to be exponentially better than whoever's been sitting on their ass playing 2k all day um and i just think on on summer training i think i, I think there's so many like for every pro there's a con of like the opposite thing so for training i mean for trainers themselves this is opening up a brand new world of online training
1: virtual I mean, training
0: yeah. yes virtual training and i think that's a positive because you know you can sell virtual training for cheaper which is positive so then that means you can touch more hoopers more hoopers can get better if they really want to and it's also but it's also in a way hurting that industry or any kind of industry where to where there's so much like people that are really trying to get better they're looking up all this free knowledge and they're realizing maybe i don't need a trainer maybe i can figure this out on my own and i feel like it's expanding individual knowledge while of the the person that is hungry for to get better hungry to, to know more but it's it's hurting the person that needs to constantly ha- have their hand held yeah um and then For next season, uh, me personally, in U-Sport, Canada West, uh, you know, the season's been changed a little bit, and I think seasons are going to be altered quite a bit for next season. But it looks like it's just a a one-time fix just to make sure that everything is safe, just with all these budgets being cut, people being hit by that. Um, But I'd rather have an altered season than no season. So that's one thing. But with the NBA, as a fan – I don't necessarily love the fact that they're just going to resume instead of just canceling. Cause I-, I like summer league. That's one of my favorite things about summer watching okay. summer, watching the dudes that are trying to make it coming back from Europe, watching the mid majors, you know, going okay. off five minutes they get. And I also think for the NBA, you know, scouting, I think it's a positive more than anything for those mid major guys that are trying to make it to the league because it's more about, now coaches are having to really analyze film and go off that, whereas you have three to four years of film usually or one full season of film, whereas just having one workout depend on where your draft stock is going to be. I'm not, it's pressure that most of these dudes can handle, but I'd rather be judged on my whole work of art than – or you know, my full body of work than one workout where I shoot bad because I had a jet lag or something. Yeah. Yeah, I agree
1: with that. With the NBA, man, like you said, it's not so much summer league for me. It's just the fact that I don't want it to eat in the next season. Exactly. Exactly. Like, that's going to throw – that's going to throw everything off. And then I'm looking at it from a standpoint, they're trying to hold it in one location, which is smart. Like, I'm cool if they resume it because I think there were so many storylines this season. I thought that the championship was up for grabs. So, I think I do want to see it, but at the same time, I I think it's a little late, man. I just, if they have it in one location, I saw one proposition that it would be, I think the top 20 teams, or top, top 20 teams, I think the 12 seat, first 12 are locked in, and then like 13 through 20 play playing games. And I'm like, damn, bro, 20 people in the playoffs, like, opposed to how many, 16, that's four extra teams, like.
0: It could be interesting. Bro. They're really doing that for the West because that eight seed in the West was a real toss-up between four or five teams. So that's yeah. really what they're doing that for. But I don't mind it. But at the same time, I'd rather just the, re- the season, you know, things stay the way they, they were because now they're talking about starting next season around Christmas. And I'm like, eh, I, don't, I don't really want that. I like when it starts in October and goes into July. You know, I like the schedule we had. I agree. Because I agree. they are trying to say they're doing it for one season, but the thing is once you change this season, so how do you expect to ever get back to it if that cycle isn't broken? It's kind of my thing. So, I, I think if they start next season at Christmas, it'll be a shortened season. They'll
1: just take, you know, the fall off, and then they'll shorten the season to like 60 games, yeah. which might be better for a lot of guys, right? Yeah. So But I just – yeah if they hold it in one central location and home court advantage is off the table, I think that takes away i I don't think the Lakers are the favorite anymore if that home court i th- i think I think it changes everything oh yeah it does right? it changes, changes. It's everything. madness but in the NBA, really and then you think about it like no fans bro like it's it's gonna be heated, it's gonna be physical like I don't know, man. We just watched Jordan, Doc. I think it's going to be crazy. That's part of the reason I want to watch it, like, because I know guys are going to appreciate being back on the court. So, it's going to be war, bro. It's going to be war. So, it's going to be one of the seasons we'll talk about forever,
0: good or bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like, to me still, though, like, regardless of where they finish or not, it's going to be a bit of a scratch on a season. I'm not saying it's – like, some people are saying that, It doesn't count because, say, the Nets come in and win it all. Well, Katie wasn't going to come back this season anyway, and now they get an unfair advantage. Or people are saying, you know, this break has made it tougher. But I just think it's unequal opportunity because who knows, you know, like they're saying that they're going to have a bit of a training camp period, but there's teams with guys that are – with multiple guys that have an an advantage because they had a gym in their house or they had a gym they had access to, whereas there's multiple – more teams with guys that had access to nothing but at-home weights. So, you know, like as much as they they want to equal the playing field, they need to take that into account. So, But but here's my thing.
1: If a league – if the players vote and they want to continue the season, then I don't know if if we have fans have the right to really be like –
0: yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, we're going to do that anyway.
1: That's what fans do. We're, we're we're objectively looking, but, like, a lot of those top guys in the league say they want to finish the season, right? So, I'm thinking of it from that standpoint, like, yeah, we finish the season and maybe next year is short, but I don't know if there's an asterisk because, bro, everybody's at a disadvantage right now. Even the guys that have weights and stuff like that, ain't nobody in the gym, bro. Nobody's really getting reps. Nobody's playing five on five. Nobody's with their trainers. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe a few, but I think it's Obviously, the circumstances and how many games you play to get into playoffs and all that, some people may be at a disadvantage because of whatever has happened before. But, like, man, I think this season would be special, bro, because they're going to have to shorten the playoff series to maybe five games, best of three, some crazy stuff. So I think it's going to just be stupid competitive. Yeah. No advantage, no fans, us versus y'all.
0: Let's go. It's been Facts. Facts. Like yeah. Very true, bro. Very, very true. So who do you think will win? <laughs> I
1: don't know who will win, but I the favorite, if it's in one central location like that, man, I want to say the Clippers or the Bucks because those are the teams to me that are the deepest. I even think somebody like the Nuggets can be a sleeper, especially if it's only like five games. Bro, yeah. like – no, oh, I don't know. I just, I'm looking at the teams that are really deep because I think the teams that have the best benches plus stars are going to win. Like that's why I don't think the Lakers would win without home court advantage because they have no bench. Like they have no primary ball handler who can create and shoot besides Braun. Like Rondo, he don't really fit that mold. But I look at somebody like the Bucks and they're like eight, nine deep. And they're big, they're long, they share the ball, they shoot the ball. Like got a star in Giannis. So like, and Middleton. So I don't know, man. I think I think the Clippers or the Bucks for me would be my favorites. And the Lakers, of course, but I don't, you know.
0: No, yeah, yeah. I think – I mean, I'm with you. I think it agrees on the format. I think if it's a tournament, man, I think that one, anyone one through eight just in the league could win that, really. Like, it's yeah. really just about who's going to have a night because and, – and, and if it's a tournament, man, you could go – anywhere from the Clippers or the Lakers to the Pelicans could, you know, pull off a streak of five games. Like, it, it, be crazy. that's all it is. That's what I'm saying. So I think they're, they're most likely going to try and keep it as similar to regular playoffs or regular format, just to make it a bit equal to what it would be. So because of that, I'm going to say the Clippers and the Clippers just remind me of, the Bulls, bro. I don't know if it's it's the last dance talking, but man, they have that alpha dog, Kawhi Leonard, and he's a but like he we know he shows up in crunch time. We and in the playoffs and in the finals. We know what he, he speaks for himself. And they just have the perfect compliment to him and Paul George, man. Paul George will I wouldn't say he'll lock anyone up, but he will contain someone enough for him and Kawhi's offense to carry them. And, and they have just per- perfect complementing P's. I feel like they maybe picked up, like, Reggie Jackson. M- maybe they didn't need him as much as they thought. But I just think there's – the Clippers have perfect shooting, perfect defense. Like, and that, and that's the thing. With offense – is uh, offense is going to be skewed with all this time off. So it's going to come down to defense. And I think they have the best defensive unit in the league. See, that's where, that's where it's tough for me. The only reason – I don't love the
1: Clippers, and they're one of my top picks, but their chemistry is not what I thought it should be. Not yet. I yeah. thought that they needed this back end of the season to really figure things out and put things in place to go into the playoffs. I didn't I didn't think they had that chemistry. Obviously, they had somewhat of a core from last season, and it's easy to plug in Kawhi and Paul George. but it's like there's still the synergy. It has to mess right. They still got Lou Will, Montrez. So I, I just – yeah. I think the stars are going to shine bright. And I don't know, like, like can they stop the pick roll of AD and Bron? Probably not. But who's going to guard PG and Kawhi? Like, Bron got one of them. Who got the other one? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't – I think AD was really going to have to shine. I think he's going to have to be not their best player, but he's going to have to carry some load.
0: See, if, if they match up, uh, I really think it's the two – the four – stars are going to cancel each other out in a sense you know everyone Kawhi's gonna average 30 LeBron's gonna average 30 80 gonna average 28 PG's gonna average 25 I think that comes down to the role players and I think the role players complementing PG and Kawhi are better equipped to lead to a victory than the Lakers role players are.
1: See when I look at that matchup specifically I look at when it comes to defense and rebounding the advantages to the Lakers, like, they're massive, bro. They are massive. And we, they, I think they got uh, one of the twins. I don't know if it's Marquise or Marcus. But, like, they got, they got him. They got Dwight. They got JaVale. They got LeBron. They got Kuz. They got Coos. on opposing teams. <laughs> that, but what I'm saying, I, they're bigger than the Clippers. And they have – they're just bigger. And they defend the rim, bro. They got shot blockers. I think they were leading the league in blocks. So,
0: I don't know. I would love
1: to see that matchup. And I think this tournament style may rob, it, rob us of it if – if it comes down to a tournament style, but either way, man, I, I I'd love to see them play in the playoffs just because it's
0: going to be war. I think the point is <laughs> hoop back some some kind of hoop because that that little televised force was some some garbage. <laughs> I, I couldn't even
1: watch past one episode. I watched ten minutes. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah.
0: Bro. All right. We'll uh we'll close out. You know we'll talk a little little culture. Uh. Well, what are, uh, let's go, your top three artists that you're listening to right now, and then maybe your top three albums, cause it, and they don't have to be the same.
1: Top three artists I'm listening to right now, well shoot, uh, I've been listening to that new Gunna single, Wanna, and then I watched his little, his little video vlog today, that shit got me excited for his album tomorrow. Um, I've been listening to a lot of R&B, honestly, man, going back a little bit, Whoa. old school R&B, stuff you ain't heard about, black <laughs> <laughs> For real, for real. Uh, but rapper stuff, I've been on Quentin Miller, L, and, and New Future, really. So yeah. those kind of three, four. That new what theme. about you?
0: Man, I'm, you know me, I'm a, I like those singers. I'm team all breezy. Yeah. <laughs> that new Drake, that new Chris Brown. But that's, you know, that's just my top two artists. I like A Boogie, too. I love A Boogie. But I've really been listening to uh, Future's new album, High Off Life. Yeah, I'm listening to – man, I'm trying to think. I'm still on Artist 2.0 by A Boogie. That's, that's my guy. And, man, let me see here. Um, the little Baby, new, too. I've been on Little Baby. Oh, yeah, the new Baby. Like, I liked it, but it's not like I can play the whole thing through and just listen to the it. The Little Baby or the Baby? E- either. No, I can't listen to the baby. I didn't even I didn't
1: one song and I was like, I know what this is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Uh I'm trying to th- Mm. I like The Visions new album. I don't know if you know who that is. You know, you, you probably do. They're they're a r and B group for OVO. <clears throat> but uh oh man. I'm trying to think. Oh, that uh Lusia L- L- Against the World too. Oh, I mean
1: thought that was obvious
0: <laughs> yeah, but, uh, obviously
1: of course yeah Fair, yeah bro so one last question we'll close out bro maybe not what you're currently binge watching but some of your top shows or movies that you've been watching you might recommend for the
0: people out there man uh i'm gonna do three just three okay. questions so i just finished watching the show called dead to me it was really good it was produced by Will Farrell and Adam McKay that's the two dudes on Step Brothers and i love Step Brothers so like it was re- it was a serious suspenseful show but man it's it's funny too like the funny parts are funny um dead to me i feel i want to say last dance but it, it doesn't count uh <laughs> i'm gonna say dead to me i'm gonna say stranger things and then Mm, I'm gonna say Narcos Mexico. Just gotta watch that one, bro. It's it's really good, and they're they're coming out with the new season again, like in a while. But they just came out with the new season, and you know, being half Mexican, it really hits close to home. So. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> Shit, I live next door to Mexico, man. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, for me, Dave is probably on the top right now. Dave, Dave is funny, bro. Dave is it's it's creative. It's kind it's similar to Atlanta, man. I like how they really like. I don't know if that's really his life, but how they kind of tied in hip hop culture. They got people that are real relevant, topics that are relevant. I really like that show. Dave was good. Did, did, then uh, me and my homeboy, my roommate, we've been watching Ozarks. It's crazy, you finally I got it. I right, know,
0: but it just, it just sounds like, like the American version of Narcos to me, so I'm just not
1: interested. Oh, it's not, bro. It's, it's super different. You really got to watch that.
0: Right, you got to watch it,
1: bro. Like, season one a little bit dry, but season two, oh, they get activated. They get activated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they
1: get activated. But, in um, my third one, Man. I'm watching Master Chef, no cap. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay, my guy, I like you know, I'm a cooking guy, I'm trying to learn about nutrition. So,
0: I'm always watching the food network. My girl makes me watch the food network because that's her. Oh,
1: so. food is you can be creative, it's an art and a skill. Man, the art, is the techniques, but the skill to your own flavor profiles is dope, bro. It's pretty dope. I mean,
0: all power to you. <laughs> you hear me? Hey, man, the lady's
1: like a man that can cook. Remember that,
0: true but all right we'll call that a wrap on episode zero no little introduction to your two hosts uh stay tuned for episode one we appreciate anyone listening out there and you know i'm dan this is mike thank you for your time yow won't play me like nintendo no
1: my donkey keep extendos come knocking at your windows not stack up until it triple trip on point just a oh, point, I'm
0: coming at your temple. Yeah. It won't be accidental, um.